Welcome to week three of Radio Rehab Storyteller Series. Thanks to everyone that has tuned in for the past couple of weeks. This has been really fun. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, and we've got more great shows planned for you this week. If you're new to Radio Rehab, we have just started doing a daily show where we have a guest host who's in for the week, and we have daily topics that we discuss on each different day of the week. If you like what you hear or have ideas or questions or comments, we will give you our contact info at the end of today's episode. This week, Doug H. from Lyric Recovery Services joins us in studio. Check it out. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana, here in studio with producer Shar and our special guest host for the week, Doug H. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we pick a topic from the ones you have sent in. And for this day, we have picked rehab. So uh, Doug and I were talking yesterday because Doug works for Lyric Recovery Services in San Jose. So we were talking a little bit about rehab yesterday. But we're going to talk more about rehab today and what that's like for addicts and recovery. Because so we were just talking about methadone. I want... Another thing about rehab is detox. That's a different thing than rehab. And I think a lot of people confuse the two. Or a lot of people go into rehab thinking they're going to get detoxed and they don't. I've made that mistake <laughs> and left after three days because I'm dying. We have quite a few that come in. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, we come in how we come in. You know, uh, there, we have different levels of, of clients that come in, you know, looking for help. Some come in for uh, the reasons of uh, wanting to do something different, and some come in with reasons for maybe uh, getting uh, some meds. Right. You know? And so, you know, like when I think of detox, like when I was trying to get clean, uh, I I was always searching for the meds, you know, because I knew that if I went to detox, I might be able to get like a benzo uh-huh. or something to make me feel better. Because as a heroin addict, I wanted to, I didn't want to go through the withdrawal. Oh yeah. And, and oh, you'd rather die. That's right. what. How, that's why you. That's why addicts rob people and do things they would never have done if they were not loaded. Is because you don't want to feel that. You it's don't want to feel it. You don't want to feel it. And uh, you know, and 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 on top of not wanting to feel that, I also wanted to feel better. Oh yeah! Right, so I wanted and that, a little uh, better than better, if possible. Than better. Right? <laughs> exactly, and uh, and that didn't happen. You know, I I uh, I came into rehab. Um, you know, methadone, 120 milligrams of methadone. Me too. Uh, you know, heavy heavy heroin habit, and I was using both. You Me know, too. At the same time, and uh, luckily, when I went into treatment, the mindset of the uh, of a gentleman by the name of Freddie M. Uh, who's a staple, you know, before he passed away, was a staple in the San Jose Fellowship. I was going to say, his name sounds familiar. Freddie Mata. I can use his name because yes. know, he's passed. Yeah. And uh, great, an, an amazing man. And there's a lot of Freddie Matas, you know, in uh, in the in the treatment sector. That, there is. Again, th- invite us into this process and, and get us to do it in a way that, you know, is way uh, the opposite of, of what we think we're going to do. An example of that is I came in with the methadone and Freddie said, we're not taking methadone here. And if you want to stay here, you're going to just bite the bullet and go through what you got to go through. And we're here for you, man, you know. Uh, and he said it in a way that made me feel, uh, I mean, I was afraid. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. But he said it in a way that I I, I bought into it, Right. He had right. a knack of just uh, just saying the right things to get me to buy into the process, and and I did, and thank God, you know, I mean, I I you know crap my pants and you know all the stuff that that, yeah, that I had happened. to do to get you know past the the withdrawal, um, but I was able to do that, and you know I'm not saying that um, that 
uh, methadone or, or suboxone or, or you know, uh, uh, assisted medication is bad. Uh, but I think that uh, anybody uh, can go through, you know, the, the recovery, that early recovery piece without that stuff. You know, you're certainly able to do that. Although, you know, uh, based on health reasons, it, it might be more difficult. So, you know, so that's available for, for people. We take clients that are on methadone or we take clients on suboxone, oh, okay. you know, assisted medication, and with the goal to, at the end of the treatment or during the treatment process, get to them wean off. them off. Yeah. yeah. Because I was on methadone 15 years. Right. God, you know? that's a long time. Right. And they're like, you know, nobody ever tried to say, nobody ever told me that, oh, we're going to wean you down. Right. I know, especially at the clinics, it's like right. they want to keep you shackled right. to them. Right. And I could never get a take home because I never had a clean <laughs> test. Right. Because I was just stuck with other methadone at it. You know, it's like everybody's still using heroin and smoking crack. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. The last time I did it, um, I did, I did a Suboxone detox, and I kind of had the same experience with those doctors that I did with the methadone clinic. That I was on Suboxone for like three years. Not three years. Maybe it was like two years. But that's a long ass time. It's supposed to be a detox. You know, and when I talked to another doctor, um, this really awesome guy, I don't know if you know him, Jerry Calloway. (laughs) Well, he's a doctor. I can say his name. That's That's not breaking anonymity when he's a doctor. Okay, but I love that man. Mm -hmm. I went to go see that man to finally get sober. He's like, you're not supposed to stay on this stuff. (laughs) Like, we're getting you off of it. And I was so scared to get off of it because I'd been on it for so long. But he helped me get off of it with a plan of of action of what I'm going to do at the end. And he made me want to go to meetings. He made me want to be sober. I mean, he's just, that guy was, I'm so glad I found him because the doctor I was going to before, that he was like probably a nurse practitioner, not even a doctor. And who knows how much kickback he was getting from some pharmaceutical company for keeping me on Suboxone for that long. You yeah. know, I'd be like, I want to go down. And he's like, no, you'll probably use if you go down. It was like, I didn't, you know, it's like the one thing about Suboxone is I quit, I quit using um, heroin. I quit using heroin. I quit using everything, but I quit using heroin when I got on Suboxone. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, we, we get into that substitution mode, you know, where yeah. you know, I just want to feel better. I mean, that's the mindset. I just want to not be me. Yeah. Uh, the, the doctor you're talking about, a funny story that I have about him, you know, I've known him for years and, and, uh, and Jerry, he uh, has a, a knack of, again, he's another one of them guys that can get you to buy into the yeah. process, right? He, he, he's so great. He's a, a great had, talker. Yeah. I had one particular guy that uh, I knew he was med seeking and, and he just wanted, you know, to go see uh, Jerry and he didn't, you know, he knew that Jerry uh, had a, had an addiction background and, yeah. you know, he wanted to go get a kickback, so to speak, right? <laughs> a kickback, kickback, yeah. And Jerry didn't give him a kickback. Jerry sat down and he brought, he whooped out his prescription tablet and he started writing. And what he gave the guy was a list of all the meetings for seven <sighs> days and said, follow this prescription. And, and the guy was like a little butthurt about it. That is so it. Jerry, though. But it worked. The guy's still around. That He's is awesome. Around. No, yeah. that's awesome. I love Jerry. That I is so... F- I, I keep meaning to send him my year chip because I I don't think I would have gotten that year no. if it wasn't for him. He's so... Yeah, because I was like... I had to drive all the way back, you know, because he's located in San Jose. And I was like, well, I've got to go home. I'm going to sit in traffic. And he goes, uh, no, next Monday, you're either going to this 6.30 meeting that I want you to go to or you're coming to my Zumba class with me. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'd rather die than go to a Zumba club. What? I don't even know what that is. It's like, I don't know what I picture, but I picture something weird. And I just don't want to... So I was like, okay, I'll go to the meeting. And I loved the meeting. Absolutely. You know, like it's he's he's that's so great. Like you're saying, when you can get somebody to buy what you're selling, because like nobody is trying to hurt you. People like Jerry and people like you. You know, it's like ever we love other addicts, and we just want them to be clean. We want them to be clean, and and I think it's uh, you know for us, you know, in you know working in rehab, 
right? There's uh, a lot of different levels. You know, we typically, uh, again, meet all sorts of different uh, uh, levels of addicts, you know, those that absolutely need residential treatment, those that that we feel through the assessment process that are going to be successful. We think they could be successful in sober living and IOP. Uh, and then we have some that, you know, just need to go to meetings. You know, they, they, they've been through so many treatment centers and they have a lot of information. Yeah. They just need that community support, that kind of thing, you know. And, uh, and I think that uh, uh, one of the things that, that is important uh, and has always been important for me uh, was when I first met Freddie, Freddie M, you know, uh-huh. when I first got clean, was I needed somebody to treat me not like I was a dope fiend. Uh, I needed somebody to treat me like I was a human being. You know, yeah. I want, I just, I, and, and you can tell the difference, you know, yeah. when somebody looks at you, it looks, looks down on you. And, there, and uh, you know, unfortunately there's some places that that's happening, you know, right. Where a lot of the counselor people are not in recovery right. and they don't know. Right. And, and they, and they, uh, they might look at this as a, as a moral issue and it's not, it you know, is, it's not a yeah, moral absolutely issue. It's not a moral issue. It's, a, it's, it's a disease and, and, and these are human beings that are coming in asking for help. Well, I, I'm going to treat you like a human being uh, yeah. and I'm going to give you the help you need. You know, uh, I'm going to treat you like a woman. I'm going to treat you like a man, uh, yeah. not like a convict, not like a dope fiend. And I think that's a big deal. You know, it is. Uh, they get that buy in, you know, because yeah. we got to buy into it. Yeah, you do. You do. I mean, it's free, but you have to buy right. into you it. You got to buy into it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because like you have to like want it. Right. I, I was one of those people been through way too many rehabs to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I've memorized this Terry Gorski video. I'm not going to watch it again. Like right. I went through the Jews treatment center in San Diego and it's like I but I didn't know how to apply it. Like you were talking about the community and meetings like I had never been able to go to a meeting, you know, because I get out of a treatment center and I'd have like 60 days or 30 days or wh- whatever. So I wouldn't identify as a newcomer and I wouldn't raise my hand when I got out and went to meetings. Therefore, I wouldn't meet anybody and I would just go home, you know, and be back in my same surroundings. Whereas if I said, hey, I'm new, I'm a new guy and I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to use if I don't get a community going. I would have been surrounded by people. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, recovery has, has evolved. You know, it's really evolved. You know, but, you know, when I got clean, I mean, it was it was 12 steps and that's it. You know, uh-huh. now, you know, we have all these other groups that have, that are that are forming and, and that are fantastic. One in particular is this refuge recovery and refuge recovery yeah. is the Buddhist. We had him on the show. Yeah. 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 So Noah Levine and Jason Murphy, phenomenal guys. Uh, they, they've, they've created this amazing, uh, 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 idea, you know, it's, it's, it's really revolves around mindfulness and yeah. you know, the Buddhist practice of doing the right thing. Uh, and there's a community of, of refuge, uh, you know, people like NANAA, there's, there's a refuge yeah. community. Uh, we have that at our facility. You know, we, we've brought oh, that cool. in. Oh, how cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Because So it, they have meetings there or, or they'll have a meeting there or a meditation a meeting? Yeah, we have a that refuge That is so group. cool. Yeah. And we brought yoga into the facility. I mean, you know, so we have, you know, we got clients that, you know, they're coming off the street and uh, have never even seen a yoga mat. Right, participating right. in yoga. But they learn that, you know, recovery is about, is about, uh, improving your mind, your body, and your spirit. And and with yoga, you know, we work on that body piece plus the mind because it's a real good yeah. meditation practice. And, and uh, Lisa Garrido, who's our yoga instructor, has a has an addiction background, and she's fabulous with the clients. And, that is and, so cool. And we brought that in because, again, it's evolving, and we have to continue to, you know, uh, um, uh, show the clients or introduce the clients to different modalities. Yeah. And, and, and we do that, you know, dialectic behavioral therapy. I didn't even know how to spell that or say that. Oh, I did I DBT. Claimed, right? DBT. But you can't do DBT when you're drinking, which right. is what I did. Right. You know what I mean? I got to fix myself. There's got to be a cure, and it's not, then it's not stopping drinking. Right. You know, let me go to therapy and pay a bunch of money. Yeah, that, I did that. 
Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could have all that money back so I could actually do DBT now. Yeah, you know, but no, but that's so great to have that in a treatment center. It that's is. really you know, awesome. And and it's great to it's great to uh, and I want to talk about it just briefly. You know the. Uh, people think of rehab and they think of inpatient lockdown, you know, and I'm not going to see my family and right, all stuff. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you know, if, if you do need residential treatment, these, these facilities, you know, they, they bring your family into that process because it's a family disease. Yeah. So they, they have a family group and they allow, you know, your, your family members to come visit and, and they're certainly invited into the recovery process because they're part of the, of the disease. Right. And right? they suggest that they go to Al-Anon, right? Right. So that they, they're you know, working we, they on their self-care you yeah. know we, we, tr- we push the self-care piece some of the family members are like well you know i'll i'll be fine if they're okay right you know, yeah. wherever there's an addict or an alcoholic there's a codependent close by yeah right all the time <laughs> always and so uh so that's the residential piece but there's also iop and that's what we have intensive outpatient that allows the client and i love iop because it allows the client to do the the daily activity of work or whatever they're doing, you know, take care of their family, whatever that looks like, plus have that recovery piece in the evenings. And we can bring real time. Oh, is IOP in the evenings? That's right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't didn't know that part. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. And they have a family. We have a family group on Wednesday night. And what's interesting is we get a lot of information because, like, during the day, they could have a really bad day. And they can come into Lyric and bring that to the table. We can talk about it. How awesome. Because you might they might not go to a meeting and want to raise their hand and share that around strangers and people they don't know. Big deal. Yeah. That's really awesome. And residential treatment, when when you go to residential treatment and you come out, there's that, there's that shock, you know, that culture oh, shock. God, and you're like, is. oh my God, I'm back out here, you know. It's and so scary. The triggers and all that stuff come up. Yeah, uh, in IOP, you know, we're able to to work on that, you know, day by day and, and bring that to the table and get other input from other addicts around that same subject. It's a really great environment. That that is really yeah. great because they're mixing reality that they have to be in with recovery right. that they also need to be in. Yeah, because I remember I went through a really a place called WRA, which was I, I was like inpatient for six months. All the only people I really talked to or dealt with were the women I was in the house with. And then I did six months sober living after that. Um, it was really good for me. I really needed to do that. But when I went back into the real world, I was shocked. Like, you know, my friends wanted to, we wanted to go to an NA meeting in San Francisco. And it happened to be on Julian Street, which is where I was ducking to like smoke crack and shoot up. And I, I was like literally losing my mind. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> so I think it's really important to to integrate yourself back into to reality. Absolutely. You know, it's like it's been so great uh, this time. Um, I actually, I secretary a meeting at a rehab and it's funny cause I, since I've been in 14 of them, it's like, I really understand where they're coming from. Sure. And, um, it's another thing because, um, uh, on the holidays, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you, I'm like, I'm going to the meeting and they're like, you're going to go on, you know, like Thanksgiving. And it's like, well, yeah, they have to be there on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be there on Thanksgiving. I mean, I've had, I spent birthdays and Christmases and things, you know, in rehab, but it's like, it's such a safe place. Right. And it's like you make friendships in there that are going to be with you for the rest of your life. Like I am still friends with people I went through uh, rehab with, you know, like in 98 in San Diego County. No doubt. Like it's those are the best people in my life. This has been a really good. This has been a really great talk. If you want to know more about Doug's specific rehab, it's what Lyric Lyric Recovery Services. We're in San Jose, twelve ten South Bascom Avenue. If you want to look us up on the web, it's Lyric L Y R I C Recovery Services dot com.
Awesome. We will be back with Doug tomorrow. Uh, Wednesdays are our epic addict fail day. So stay tuned for that. If you would, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss, or if you have questions or comments, email is radio rehab at go to productions.com. That's G O dash T O productions.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at radio rehab Dana, and this is a daily show. So please like it, share it, tell your friends, It's a new incarnation of Radio Rehab. And if you subscribe to it on iTunes, you won't have to wait for us to tell you that it just came out. We will be back again tomorrow with Doug. Thank you for listening. Stay sober. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll